0: Um, <clears throat> cool. And I, I don't know, uh, Jay, your, your vote on the, I didn't get anything on the,
1: uh, Oh, oh a- I, um, I have it, uh, let me see. I had an opinion.
2: <laughs> That's per-
1: great. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I was going with, I liked pitch please. Yeah. Um, but I also like, um, I also, like rebellious everything but i think majority vote for pitch please yeah okay okay
2: i think that's it let's call the podcast pitch please is everybody cool with that
3: i feel like that's our intro right
0: now right there Yeah, do it, Megan. Take okay. it off. Cool. Awesome. Um, all right, guys. Well, welcome to our reinvented new, brand new podcast here with Rebellious PR. Welcome to Pitch please. A little bit of background on Rebellious. Uh, We are a boutique PR firm and we are definitely breaking down those walls in true Rebellious fashion um, in our relentless pursuit of visibility for movers and shakers and definitely a myriad of industries uh, coming from all over and all brought to you by this wonderful group you are about to uh, be introduced to. Our wonderful team, fellow rebel rousers and thought leaders and all free thinkers. So um, I am one of the team members, Megan Jones. Welcome, you guys. Um, and our fearless leader, Miss um, Evie, if you want to introduce yourself, welcome.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Hi, I'm Evie Smith, uh, founder, uh, lead publicist, uh, reluctant to have much more of its title than that
0: person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. And then, of course, um, our wonderful. Um, Rachel Johnston, welcome to the pod. Thank you for um, being a part of the team. Want to introduce yourself?
3: Hi, yeah, I'm uh, so happy to be a part of this team of badasses smashing down the typical way that business is done.
0: Awesome, and of course, last but certainly not least, rounding out our team, um, welcome to the pod, Jay, if you want to give a little shout out, Jay.
1: Hi, I'm Jay. Um, I'm also part of the Rebellious team and um, just trying to um, make waves and move some needles um, with the Rebellious team here.
0: I love it. All this moving and shaking, guys. I'm definitely into it. And that kind of leads us to our uh, topic for our the season of the pod that we are doing, and that is disruption. So. I think that we, as the rebellious team, just felt it necessary to really dive into this topic a lot um, with different, you know, subject matter. We're going to be coming to you um, all about that. So we're talking about movers and shakers in different industries and kind of what it takes to be a disruptor, right? What that word, you know, the word disruption, definitely comes up. You know, it is a very hot, you know, keyword, right? Um, It's definitely wouldn't you guys say kind of over, overused and kind of saturated in the business world right now?
2: Yeah, I think it's a buzzword, you know, it's definitely like the way people described authenticity five years ago and it quickly became like the industry standard for every social media or brand branding pitch. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that disruption is like, you know, Whereas I think that, like, we're, like, an actual disruptive company, I do feel like it is starting to become just, like, something that brands or companies want to see written out, um, you know, without really having a full understanding or, like, I kind of feel like disruption is a little bit of my religion mm-hmm. <laughs> as a person. Um, like, I feel like I feel it in my, like, in my bones, whereas, like, for some people, I do think it is just, like...
0: Yeah. It's like that hot new thing to like synergy, synergy, synergy. Everyone's throwing out that word. So, (laughs) um, yeah, but what, what, what does it all really mean? Right? Like, should people care about disrupting their business? Is this like a, a key word that people should be, you know, paying attention to. So uh, I think that that's kind of what we want to talk about. So today's episode, we'll, we'll chat about, you know, what it takes to be a disruptor and how to like, how to start thinking like one, if that's, you know, what you want to do. And I think that the first probably thing is to identify disruptors right so I, I think that that kind of takes it takes time to make real impacts in whatever field that that you're in but you know I, I think it's uh, definitely important to kind of do that like Evie how since you've been in this in this game for a matter of time how would you say what is the best way to maybe first identify you know identify disruption how you can make that
2: well so I I think it, you know, like when we're talking about it from like a public relations or startup perspective, um, I think it really comes down to like, what is a company doing? Why is it getting funding? Um, I feel like because that's kind of like the core of where everything starts. Mm Um, that's like where the cells split, right? Um, it's like if somebody's gonna get funding, is their startup's gonna be like birthed into the world? Um, what is like what are they doing? Are they moving at this point? I think disruption is like, are you moving some sort of conversation forward? Are you a second or third to the market startup kind of doing the same thing that a bunch of other companies are already doing? Um, or are you really trying to um, change something, make people talk. Um, I feel like we're in a day and age where like actually having uncomfortable conversations is kind of like at the forefront of a ton of like business stuff. Um, so yeah, so I think it's, it's like, you know, first, (laughs) is your business actually doing something that is really disruptive or just saying it's disruptive? And then for, you know, marketing, it's like, how do you tell that story? Um, How do you make your branding really call to action, like what the company ethos is? Um, And how can, you know, I think that PR specifically has a tendency to kind of do things, in a way that they've always been done, tell stories in a way that they've always been told, use tactics that have been done since like the 60s. Hmm. Um, and so I really think that the best marrying of a disruptive startup is working with a disruptive PR company, whether it's us or somebody else, um, to really you know, be able to tell those stories in a way and use tactics and talk to journalists um, in like, real ways, not just like these sort of boring, um, mass pitching vanilla ways. I hope I answered your question. That was very, that was very like lingering.
0: No, that's great. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of important because, you know, kind of uh, like we said, it's, it's being the defining, um, those defining things that make you a disruptor, right? Either you're just like quote unquote, you know, jumping on the bandwagon or you are in true fashion. So that's really like kind of differentiating yourself, you know, from the, from the pack. So now, Rachel, you kind of come from a, a long line uh, here, a bus or something um, uh, in the, in the marketing world and, and things like that. So in disruption, like with brands, how, how can a brand, you know, deploy business disruption? What are the, some of the things that, you know, you you think brands can really be armed with to to do that?
3: I think the most important way that a brand can be disruptive is with its voice. Um, I think what's really interesting about how business has developed over time is that the visual identity of companies does this very interesting ebb and flow where uh, the trends shift and then you see... Uh, A small number of companies shift in a direction that other companies jump onto very quickly. So also, you know, calling back to what Evie is saying, but then what eventually ends up making them stand out beyond this shift in visual identity to whatever is very chic at that moment uh, is the change in voice and how personable a company feels. And I think now people really want to feel like there are humans behind a company in a way that I don't think people needed in the past. I think people used to accept that there was this wall between uh, the person and the company, and now people want direct access to the people within a company and to feel like there's a real human voice in there and to feel like that company has their best interests at heart, mm. um, I think that now more than ever, there's a demand for the humanity to exist in, in companies. And I think that that call for humanity is what's making some companies stand out as more disruptive than others. I think um, that is what people uh, spending their money now
0: want to invest in. Right. Yeah. They, they want to feel like, you know, they're putting their money towards something like it's not just the the product, but almost like, yeah, taking ownership of like supporting this company and their endeavors, like that more of that, that personal connection and, and to kind of touch on, on something, I guess a little bit topical, you know, we were, uh, in our, our group Slack here, um, Jay, you had just put something in about Ariana Grande and how she just dropped her new album. Um, And I I want to talk about, you know, maybe not the biggest Ariana Grande fan. I think she's a a little out of my, out of my wheelhouse, but I appreciate what that girl is doing uh, with, (laughs) with, with her brand. Um, I kind of want to ask, especially um, from your generational perspective, Jay, like what, you know, how is it that she's being, um, you know, so innovative with with all these things? What are some of the things that, you know, he, that you as a, a consumer were like, I need to be tuned in with, with this album drop, aside from probably being a, uh, an AG fan?
1: <laughs> um, so that's a great question. I think one thing she does really well and like people who are pretty popular these days with their brand is like, how they've created a sense of community with whatever they're doing. Um, I, I believe consumers uh, are less, like, shouldn't be called consumers. They should really be called communities. Mm. And those communities are built by brands speaking with their community and not talking to their community. They're engaged. You see it all the time on Twitter, um, either responding to uh, just regular people um, when they have questions and um, when when she comes off across when she comes across so authentic as she does like that creating that sense of community is really what kind of just keeps her at the top like I think um, like Beyonce followers even have like a like a community and like, like they have their own name um So, like, they're part of, like, the colony, right, for Beyonce. And, like, people who can really establish um, a sense of community um, are really kind of also starting to do, like, the disrupting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. I mean, again, I mean, for somebody who's not even into... Ariana Grande, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere. So like it, it's definitely infectious. And that's, I think that that's a really awesome thing that, um, you know, some of these brands are really doing. I mean, especially if they're, if they're able to be authentic with it, cause you know, kind of picking, you know, going back to like Rachel, what you were saying is like, yeah, I mean, being, having that voice that Uh, to resonate, but having it, you know, just be like super authentic is people can smell the bullshit, you know, these days. So yeah, I definitely, Uh, amen. yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, um, and and I think that's why, you know, especially within like the PR industry, right. Um, having to be innovative, having to think of, you know, these new, you know, solutions because things are moving so quickly. I mean, you, (laughs) something can be, um, you know, forgotten in a matter of seconds. I mean, on Instagram, you literally have four seconds, um, in somebody's feed to like snag their attention. So, um, I think it really requires a lot of, um, deep, uh, you know, talking with many different parts of, of the team. Wouldn't you say Evie, like communication yeah. is like super, uh, key yeah. in that aspect.
2: Totally. You know, one thing I was thinking when you were just talking was, um, the news cycle has never been quicker than it is right now. So even when we're doing something like launching a company or getting news out, like whereas you know in the olden days, which it to me it's like absolutely crazy that I've been doing this for like 13 years at this point mm-hmm. or close to that. Um, but you know like your news cycle could have been like you could have gotten like two weeks or at least a full five days of coverage for a launch, like a pretty basic launch for like an application on the iTunes store Mm. um, or an iPhone accessory. Whereas now like we are so lucky if we get like a few articles and all of all the timing and everything can be so dependent on the world around us because we like we're actually living in like the craziest, most disruptive time ever in the current administration. Like, I think, you know, we can talk to death about like how overloaded our sensors are after living two years of this. Yeah. Um, But like that, like PR people are, can be really quick to forget. um, And our clients can be really quick to see outside their own bubble that there is like this massive world happening around us. And it all kind of leaks down from like, what is happening on the internet? Cause like we live and die by the internet at this point. And so it's like politics affects, affect the internet um, that, you know, the disc political era that we're living in is definitely affecting and changing journalism. And that directly affects us and directly affects the kind of clients we work with. I don't know if I answered your question, but no, I, I mean, thought it was a poignant oh, statement. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, kind of, like you're saying, is like right this trickle effect. So, how everything that you're doing as a team, like that we are doing as a PR team or any other PR team is doing, making sure they're talking to the rest of the marketing, making sure they're talking to finance and sales, so that that uh, communication is so cohesive and tight. Because, I mean, you could think that it does go all the way back up to you know the the presidency and where we are at because they affect journalism and journalism affects you know so it's just like this domino effect uh down to the very last you know piece of the puzzle so to speak yeah so i think that that's yeah definitely and i mean worth i definitely
2: mentioning. i definitely had sorry to interrupt you but i definitely no. have had like, a few, I would dare say close to arguments with um, clients at the end, like, in, like, mid-Q4, like, when the election was happening, um, where I was trying to explain, like, either, like, this is an election week, or we're going into an election cycle, um, you know, it was early as early as, like, October, and clients being like, well, that doesn't affect the tech space for some of our tech clients. So I'm like, it 100% affects the tech space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think it's you know, one of our jobs um, and one of the the jobs of any marketing or PR agency or advertising agency that is like trying to stay relevant, it's like, like my tip for that is always like, keep your head up, be looking around, um, don't get so caught, don't get your head in the sand on your work um, and don't think, and you know, our clients will always think that they are the most important thing in the world and that their work is the most important work that's ever been done done in, since the dawn of time. And I'm, I'm being very like hyperbolic about sure. it, but it's like, you know, our job is to like reset and to like have our eyes like on like everything, the scope, you know, the scope and scape around
3: us. Um, to, yeah, to speak to what Evie's saying, I remember um, one of the first accounts that you brought me in on uh, the way that you described the client was that they they were, they had a great product, but that they were doing a bit too much of drinking their own Kool-Aid. Um, (laughs) and so one of the, one of the cool things about, you know, bringing someone new into an account where the client is sort of drinking their own Kool-Aid is that that act in and of itself is a little bit disruptive because they, that person can bring a perspective, from the outside without being tainted by buying into what the client has told them about their product. And so that can bring in, um, you know, a a counter perspective and some fresh ideas for that client to think outside of where they might already be reaching or where they think they should be reaching. Um, Our job as as a peer agency is to Be looking outside of the people that are going to be the early adopters because I don't think that those people are always the most important in the conversation. I think it's those people are going to adopt new technology, new products, new trends right away, no matter what. Those people are going to exist. Of course, we have to identify those people. But moving beyond that, it's getting the product or service or company, whatever the case may be to resonate with a larger audience and, and to tell them why, like why they should give a shit. That's the first question I ask Evie whenever we're considering new accounts is why should people care about this? And how do we contribute to making sure that people care about this?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that, that's always super important. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of talking about like, anticipating needs, right? We're we're always thinking like of this broader scope. So being able to kind of be aware of that, like, yes, the client, you're super into your product, you're drinking your own Kool-Aid, but like, you know, yeah, having to have that level ahead to um, be able to, you know, let that disruption kind of just occur naturally, but having to anticipate those needs outside of Outside of yeah, what, what the client is thinking is actually needing to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. um,
2: I also like I also think too like like accounts get stale in a way. Like if the, if you have the same account team on like an account for a long time, like you you do run out of ideas. And like I I am like a very enthusiastic, excited person, which I think is one of the reasons I'm like a great publicist because I'm just always like yeah like. You know, uh, always oh, like serial optimist, yeah. <laughs> but like, I think even with accounts that I've been working on for years and years and years, like, I try to bring in somebody, even if it's just for a couple of months, just to like get some new energy and outside perspective, like Rachel was saying. Like, I think it's we can be guilty of that, like as the agency um if we get too complacent in the work or if it gets too easy and like my job is like or i shouldn't say my job but my my goal is always with all of our accounts no matter how long we have them like i always want to be bringing awesome new pitch ideas, new story ideas, new partnership ideas, like whatever it is to the table. And like, I'm a hundred percent guilty of, um, just getting into the rhythm of things and like stopping, I guess, disrupting on the account. So I think it's important to like have systems like internal systems in place, Mm. um, where you can kind of like self recognize where you're like, okay, like I'm not doing what I could be doing or like the level of work, that I would want rebellious to be doing on an account. It's like important that, you know, we can bring, um, you know, like bring Jay in or bring Rachel in or bring you in, um, to freshen it up.
0: Yeah. So, so that, that brings me to like kind of our next, you know, thing is like having, having people who, who are listening to all of the people who are listening to our podcast, um, having them be able, able to like kind of walk away with something. Right. So like, I don't know, I would say that that's like one of the first things, like, I think that's a great tip in order to the, you know, to become a disruptor, right? Is, um, and if that's what you're doing, Um, for a brand or for a company, that's a really great thing is you got to switch it up. You got to bring in fresh, fresh meat, new blood, Mm -hmm. all those things. So I think that's a really great tip, you know, um, for any um, PR, marketing, sales, finance team, whatever team you are on is like, sometimes you just need a fresh perspective and that could, that can kind of make the the difference in that tipping point for, for a brand or a company. Um, But what do you think are some, some other like top things that, that um, you know, people can be doing to, to become disruptors.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, this was my homework Megan gave me, and I thought about <laughs> it, and I wrote, some, I wrote some thoughts down at first. I was like, who am I to comment on this? I have no idea. And I was like, oh, wait, like, I, I got this.
0: And then three um, pages okay. later, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sound, Yeah, that's just my cycle, work cycle for everything. Um, okay, so some other things that I think create, like, disruption or kind of keep the work fresh, What you know, for, like, any kind of, any department, really, um, I think it's really important to position the relationship with the client or the boss or whomever your report is. It's, like, um, there's two sort of things. One is, like, I think it's really important that, as, I think maybe especially with creative work, that it's looked at as a partnership um, versus is just, like, the client is always right. Um, you know, the... the you know, and that comes from like the customer is always right. And the customer is not always right. And the client's not always right. And I think that we got, we have to remember that like, we are consultants um, and it's our job to like consult them and not just um, enable them. (laughs) So I think that really going in and like being like, I need you to give me creative freedom to like do what, do what I know how to do on this account because you're hiring us um, as the experts or you're hiring whomever you're hiring to like do their job. So like, don't micromanage them. Don't pick apart their work. Don't, you know, like give them the space and the runway to like do what they, they know how to do best because like that right out of the gate creates like a great kind of push and pull with the, with the relationship. Um, and I think the other, like my sub point to that tip was like, you know, as far as like the client always being right, it's like, actually you can get yourself into a shitload of trouble. Um, out of the gate, if you, if your goal is just to get the business and you're, over, and you promise the moon in the pitch meeting, or you promise the moon when you're like kind of setting out the account, once they sign, um, you can't do everything. And they're not that interesting, or maybe they are, but like, <laughs> I think it's good, always good to under promise and over deliver.
0: I think that that's a, a hashtag life goal right there. Um, because if you can <laughs> do that in any aspect, uh, of your life, yeah, I think, I think you're just kind of going to be winning. I mean, that's, that's definite. I, I, I try to do that in, in all of my things. <laughs> um, but, but you, <laughs> totally, make, you, totally. you make really good points there. I mean, um, you know, and, and I don't know, I think it all comes back down to communication flow, who you have on your team, streamlining those those things. Um, because once you become a disruptor, once you make those waves, man, you really have to, you are going to have to, if you don't know how to surf, you're going to learn really quickly because like, y- y- you know, I, I don't know why I'm using a surfing analogy right now because, uh, that's not the kind of person I am, but, you know, I feel like you're, you're just out there in the ocean and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, uh, disrupting things. Tsunami comes, you gotta, you gotta learn, uh, somebody save me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: I, I use the, I always use the analogy with, um, with PR and I guess like any kind of agency work, it's like a tap dance. Mm. Um, And there was actually, and I know that I've been really annoying with the team internally about this watching Mad Men or rewatching Mad Men for the specific account stuff, not Mm. for like the pretty costumes. Um, because there's actually this great scene later on in the um in the series where Ken Cosgrove, who's like an oh, account manager, just um, that one. Where he's tap dancing, where like Don Draper asks him about some stupid thing with Cadillac, and I can't really remember the context super well, but I've watched this clip on YouTube a hundred times of him starting to like talk about all the stupid stuff he had to do as like an account manager, and he's like just tap dancing. Um and it just is like such a metaphor for like anybody who ever has to deal with Accounts, um, and so for me, it's like I, I think I used this in a client meeting yesterday, where I was like, "Look, I can tap dance. I just need to know for how long."
0: <laughs> and and they loved that, so yeah, <laughs> really glad
2: for that. It, it just it paints a picture because I mean that's kind of like what I think. You know, this goes back to the like if you overpromise to a client or you promise them the moon, it's like you're tap dancing until you can deliver. And so like if you're promised, you know like back in the day, it was always the Oprah show. Um, if you promised a client, we'll get you on the Oprah show. Um, or at this point it would be like, we can get you on the Ellen show. And you're like, yeah, we can t- totally do that. Like we've done that. Um, you know, you're basically tap dancing until that delivery happens or the client realizes you're full of shit.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't need any like, uh, ulcers or anything like of that nature, because that just <laughs> like gives me anxiety. Like <laughs> And also Sean is
2: stressful enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: Are you guys tap dancers? Can anybody here actually tap dance? Rachel, Jay, anybody? No, 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 oh,
3: I prefer life. not to tap dance. I'm I fairly aggressive. I can a little bit. So dancing is not, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not a good dancer. I, uh, I'm I'm am a, I'm a get shit doneer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, took Irish step dancing when I was little. That's like kind of similar to tap dancing a little, but, uh, yeah. We, we don't want to have to tap dance I mean, th- and, and neither should you.
3: Yeah. I think a, a good, like a metaphor for my life is, you know, I was never in the school musicals. I never wanted to be the, the person on stage. I was always directing or producing them. And that's, uh, I think that has played itself well into my career as an adult is, uh, you know, I don't want to be the shiny thing that uh, is distracting from the real work happening. I want to be behind the scenes, uh, making that
0: production shiny, and that is why we are so lucky to to have you on on board, uh, making waves with us at Rebellious. So I think this is really great, and I think the next episode I'm really excited to kind of dive into. Why it is good for business? Why disruption is good for business? Because, you know, that in and of itself is kind of a whole, you know, separate topic. So I'm I'm really excited to um, to talk about that next pod. Um, any last last minute remaining thoughts on on kind of what it takes to be a disruptor from the team?
2: I'm looking at. I just really want to get Jay to talk more. Yeah. Jay's also like our gen. What is your generation called? Gen Z?
1: Gen Z. I have no clue. Not
2: a millennial. We have something that's younger than a millennial, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, Gen Z. (laughs) Um,
1: For me, like, um, I'm i'm fresh i'm like so green to the environment and to the industry that i'm in um like literally fresh out of college so i'm learning and the best thing about learning is like being able to uh become a sponge again and just kind of absorb um the disruption that's happening around me so that when it's my, my time to shine and like when i can get up there like i can also disrupt like right now i'm assisting, and that's the best thing that I can do for myself because I'm learning the ropes. and um, it's like quite possibly the most creative, most engaging space to be in in this point in time, like where I'm where I'm at and doing the work that I'm doing. Um, so as somebody who's as fresh as me, I can't wait to talk about why disruption is really good for business and how it, it can be super beneficial. That's amazing. Yes, and
0: you are Jay, the everybody. sweetest angel baby, baby angel. there
1: is. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is
0: true. <laughs> and everyone should if know you're it. You're <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Um, for you guys out in the internet world, please go check us out, rebelliouspr.com. You can go to our website. You can follow us on all of the socials. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, on Facebook. Hit us up on LinkedIn, kind of anywhere out there in, in the in the sphere of things. RebelliousPR is where you can find us. Um, and thank you for, for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to hit us up. But we will be back um, with our next podcast on why it's good. Good, uh for business in the disruption world.
2: Yay! Yay! <laughs> we did it! We did it. <laughs>